Hi, welcome to Healthy Wealthy Roots, a podcast about financial wellness, mental health, and parenthood. Here's the story of two little boys. They are both two years old. One's name is Ethan and the other one's name is Paul. Ethan and his mom went to Walgreens and uh, because it's the pandemic, she has been having him practice wearing his mask and pointing out the fact that other people wear their mask and other kids wear their mask. And so when they go into Walgreens, he has on his mask uh, and he um, holds his mama's hand and they walk through the store. She goes and she gets what she is looking for. And on the way to the cash register, she stops off in the toy aisle because she has a little bit of extra money and Ethan has been very well behaved on this trip. So she wants to reward him and she asks him to pick out something that he likes. They compare because Ethan is two and wants everything. Um, And they go up to the cash register and as they're waiting in line, she talks about how great he's doing at waiting his turn. And once they get to the um, cashier, she also comments on how well-behaved Ethan is. Um, and he is holding his toy and she, the cashier asks for it so that she can scan it. And Ethan doesn't fuss. He hands it over because he's done this multiple times before. And uh, the cashier again says how great he is and talks about how he has his mask on like a big boy. And so they leave the store. That's the story of Ethan. Let me tell you about Paul. Paul is also two years old. Paul goes to brunch with his mom and one of her friends. And at the restaurant, they find out that there is a wait. They were told that it would be about a half hour wait. And Paul's mom knows that he can maybe hang out for about half hour before he starts to get fussy. So she agrees that they will wait. Uh, Luckily for her, the restaurant was on a very busy street. And so Paul got to watch the people go by and the street performers and the traffic. And so he was very much entertained for most of that wait. However, because it's the pandemic, uh, wait times for everything are actually a whole lot longer than you anticipate. And so a half hour came and went. And when his mom checked on the wait list, they still had a ways to go. And surprise, surprise, Paul became fussy uh, to the point where he was out of his stroller, refused to sit in his stroller, would walk up to the restaurant door and just stand in the doorway because he was ready to go in, Um, would uh, sit on the sidewalk 
and not move because he was ready to go have his brunch. And who can blame him? I mean, brunch is my favorite meal, right? Um, initially, when the first half hour was going by, people were saying how well behaved he is. And in the last few minutes of their wait, nobody was saying that because Paul was in the middle of the sidewalk. This is the story of two boys, Ethan and Paul, but this is also the story of my own child <laughs> on two very separate but recent occasions. The Walgreens episode happened this morning and the brunch episode happened a couple of weeks ago. Here's the thing about toddlers. They are not going to be quote unquote well-behaved all the time. Who is well-behaved all the time? I can tell you that I am not well-behaved all the time. You are not well-behaved all the time. And so it's unrealistic for us to want that from small children. And the thing about toddlers is that they are recognizing and learning so much so quickly and it is absolutely mind-blowing how much change takes place in the brain of a toddler. Uh, and one of the results of that is they have a hard time with reasoning. You cannot reason with a toddler. Uh, I make the joke, although I don't know <laughs> if it's much of a joke, but to not... Um, negotiate with terrorists because in a lot of ways toddlers can be very manipulative and they can be very mean and so it's similar to trying to reason with someone who is not at all interested in reasoning another thing about toddlers and part of their development they are beginning to understand their emotions and what makes them tick. Uh, and while they're doing that, they're also being uh, trained, I guess you can say, by their parents and the people, the adults in their life, being trained to manage those emotions. And that is not at all easy. So, in the mental health field, um, child psychologists often talk about emotion regulation. And in my day job, I talk about this often because I work with a lot of preemies and preemies tend to have a hard time with emotion regulation. But in general, toddlers tend to have a hard time with kind of riding the waves of their emotions. Uh, one minute you're really happy, the next minute you're crying, you don't know what you're really crying about, and then the next minute you're fine, and then the next minute you're really angry about something. That's what it's like for a toddler. And as they grow up and as they have appropriate experiences that help them learn how to ride those waves, those waves even out. And you don't really have the tumultuous toddler experience anymore. 
But all of that to say that our expectations for what toddlers will look like on any given day, I mean, <laughs> I am not a psychic. I say that all the time. I'm a psychologist. I'm not a psychic. I cannot predict what any child is going to look like in terms of their mood at any given point in time. I have my own child and I cannot predict what he's going to look like at any given point in time. But what I do know is that there are some things that I can do to help the situation. So I'm going to take the two examples that I started off with and I'm going to highlight the things that I have done as a child psychologist and mom that helped my son in those situations. So let's start off with the Walgreens example. Uh, we are a little over a year into the pandemic. It is now June of 2021. And so the pandemic started, well, the shutdown was March of last year. And over the past, I would say probably nine months or so, I have been talking about masking and how important it is that we have to be safe because you use age-appropriate language with kids. My kid is not going to have a clue what a pandemic means. Um, but talking about being safe and... Uh, pointing out the fact that it's common and that most people are doing it. The reason why I do that, and especially pointing out other kids who are doing it, toddlers and young children especially are very much interested in conforming. They want to go along with what other people are doing, particularly other children. So toddlers look to other children to kind of figure out, okay, well, what should I be doing in this situation? They also look to adults, but less so. Um, and in particular, when they look to adults, they look to their primary caregivers. So in my son's case, that would be me. So talking about masking and that we need to keep our mask on, was he always good with his mask? No. He's only really gotten good with keeping his mask on, and the CDC's recommendation is to have kids who are two and up wear their mask. So he's only really gotten good at that since he turned two. Uh, and before that, when I would be practicing with him, I couldn't even get the mask on his face. Like, he would just pull it off. And it makes complete sense. I mean, think about it. Here in the United States, before 2020, how many toddlers did you see wearing masks? <laughs> it's not something that um, is a familiar experience for our children. Um, and then when it comes to going into stores, I and just in general, any experience, I like to prepare him for what's going to happen next. That's really important for 
literally everyone, but especially for young children, because young children are still developing language. So they only feel like they have but so much control over what's happening in their lives. And it would be a very jarring experience to have, if you think about it, someone who's bigger than you pick you up, put you in a car, you have no clue where you're going, and then you get there and it's a new place that you've never been to with a bunch of strange people you've never seen before. What are you supposed to do, right? If you think about it that way. So for me, I like to let my child know ahead of time what's going to happen. And because he's very young, he doesn't have much in the way of long-term memory. So if I'm explaining that something is going to happen, I usually explain it on the day of um, because he's not going to remember. Uh, and I may need to give reminders a couple of times before it happens. So this morning, it was an explanation that we had to go to the grocery store and we had to go pick up a couple of things. And the answer was okay. Like it typically is. Sometimes it's no because he's too. Um, and then walking through the store and having him hold my hand, that's also something that we've practiced a lot. And I've talked about how important it is to hold your mama's hand so that you can be safe. Um, with young children, practicing things is really important because like I said, the memory thing, they're not going to remember. So if you keep doing it over and over, on a regular basis, eventually they're like, oh yeah, you did tell me that one thing that one time. And you don't have to wait until you're in the situation to practice it. You can practice it just in general. Like we would walk out to the, um, the mailbox to get the mail and I'd be like, hold mama's hand to practice. We have to be safe. Just as a reminder, and that's it. That The lesson's over. We can move on with our life. It doesn't have to be anything that's long and elaborate. Um, in terms of allowing him to pick out something that he wanted for himself, that was a special treat. I don't do that every time I go to the store or else I would be very, very poor. <laughs> and I especially make sure that I'm not going somewhere where the toys or the special treats cost a lot of money. Um, but I did want him to feel like he had a sense of independence because mama, mama's getting to buy these things for herself. I mean, I'm grocery shopping, so it's not even like I'm doing any major elaborate luxury shopping. Um, but why shouldn't he also be able to, right? And I also tied it to the fact that he had listened to me. He had done the things that I had asked him to do. And so this is your reward for doing that. Us as human beings, we are very much reward motivated. And I talk about this in my day job all the time. It's really important to give young children praise and reward for the things that they do that we want them to continue to do because that's 
going to ensure that it will continue to happen. If you think about it, if you are employed and all of a sudden your boss comes into your office one day or calls you into a meeting and says, you've been doing a great job. I absolutely love the work that you have been putting in. Just so you know, as of next month, we're no longer going to be paying you, but keep on doing the good work. Would you stay at that job? I'm guessing 9.5 out of 10, you're probably not going to stay at that job. And it's the same concept with young children. If we want them to do something and keep doing something, we have to praise and reward them. And especially immediately, because again, remember what I said about the whole memory thing. For us as adults, we can get paid every two weeks or every month and we make the association, I put this work in and I got paid, but you don't want to wait two weeks to reward a toddler for something that they did today. So, um, and it doesn't have to be elaborate and you don't have to go shopping and buying a bunch of things, but uh, just a simple, you did such a good job of listening. I love when you listen to me. Thank you so much for holding my hand, just like we practiced at home. Um, thank you for keeping your mask on. You're such a big boy. Those are the things that I give my son on a regular basis. So he's gotten used to hearing the praise for the things that I want him to do. When it comes to the things that I don't want him to do, like in the second example where he's pitching a fit on the sidewalk, you remove the praise, you remove the reward. And for kids, for human beings, that can even be eye contact. So no eye contact, no physical contact, because then they will learn, oh, I get attention for this behavior. Um, and so that's really important as well. In the second example, I knew that we were going to brunch, but I know that my child is very much like me and needs to eat constantly. <laughs> so we had had breakfast before we left the house to go to brunch. Um, uh, I was not anticipating for there to be such a long wait. And he did, quote unquote, behave well in the beginning. Um, but he, he reached his max and I knew that he would get there if we waited much longer. The thing is we have to tailor our expectations, particularly when it comes to young children. They have limits and once you get to that limit, it is very hard to reel things back in. Um, and in particular, for young children, those limits are around their energy level, how tired they are, and their hunger, or how hungry they are. Um, there are other things to consider as well. How hot is it? How cold is it? Uh, how strange of an environment are we in? Is this completely out of my norm? Uh, in terms of senses, how loud is it? How bright is it? All of those things really impact young children because, again, all of that is tied to regulation. 
And um, I tried my best, but even though I tried to do what I could do, I don't have control over things like the wait time at a restaurant. And so you just, you have to, you have to kind of ride the wave with your kid um, and be understanding. I was frustrated, um, but I knew that I had a couple of options. I could have just left. That was an option. I could have waited it out. I could have punished my child, but why would I do that? Because he is acting in the way that he is in response to the fact that he's two years old and has been waiting for over a half hour. And at this point he's getting hungry again and we're out in the heat. And there's no reason to punish something that would occur naturally, if you understand what I mean. So all in all, when it comes to trying to have your child be quote unquote well-behaved, there are a few things that you can do. One is you can prepare them ahead of time so that they kind of have an idea of what to expect. And you keep your language at your child's level. So if your child is two, keeping it really, really simple, explanation. If they're older, you can go into more detail. Planning ahead um, for outings, making sure that there's been enough food and water, you take snacks with you, whatever the case might be, planning for the weather, whatever that might look like in the part of the world where you live. And especially for young children, making sure that you have entertainment. In the second example, my son was thoroughly entertained for the first half hour because he had so much to take in, Um, but also simple things like carrying toys. I mean, we have toys. I, I literally have toys everywhere, even my handbag. I have toys. But I really should not blame that on my child because as a psychologist, I've had toys in my handbag since long before I had him. Um, And so that's another thing that you can do to help prepare your child for those situations. Um, Another thing that you want to make sure that you're doing is the praise and the reward. And... Also, keeping in mind that they're not always going to do what you want them to do. Do you always do what you want you to do? No, you don't. And so it's the same thing with kids. Um, I think that they get better with time and with practice and with experience. This is new for them. And with life experience, that can kind of shape things. But if you think about it, the way in which you act and react will also shape their experience. So just be careful with it. What I will do is I'll upload on the website for today's episode at healthywealthyroots.org. I'll uh, upload some helpful articles on Uh, kids and their behavior, especially for young kids, and how you can help them kind of regulate their emotions and navigate experiences outside of the home. 
Thank you for joining me today. You can check out the website at healthywealthyroots.org. Most of the episodes have additional resources on their very own page on the website. You can also follow me on Instagram at healthywealthyroots as well as on Clubhouse at HWR. Remember, our future grows from Healthy Wealthy Roots. I want to let you in on a little secret. Sometimes I put myself in timeout. Why do I do that? Because I recognize that I need that space to gather myself and whether I'm upset to calm down or whether I'm overwhelmed to be able to reorient. Timeout isn't only for kids. Timeout can also be for adults. And I wanted to share with you when I recognize that I need time out and when you might need it as well. Tune in next time. This podcast offers only a look at what I'm doing and is not meant to substitute the results you can get from working one-on-one with a professional.